Hi, everyone. We're giving people a few minutes or, you know, a minute or two to come into the room for this great call-in. So make sure you come on in. And uh, once Aaron joins, we'll start taking our... All right, we got our first caller. Let's, what do you have to say, Maria? Well, uh, good morning, first of all. Good morning. And I, I know you all don't cover CBS Sunday morning, and, but I, I tend to like it. They, they have interesting segments, but, Yesterday, I finally got around to watching their, you know, New Year episode. Uh, and mostly it was in memoriam, uh, things like Barbara Walters, etc. But they also included a segment on Ukraine, and it was just a replay of gratuitous propaganda that they've nearly won they're they're staying strong and la 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 and at the very end of the segment at the very tail end of the segment they they showed a hanging from like a clothesline or a power line something but it was a Ukrainian flag upside down, as in, it, and it was in Ukraine. So, you know, upside down flag is a nation in distress. So they do this entire segment that, yeah, they're going to get this one. You know, they've, they've got all the support they need in the world and there's no end to it. And, it it was just it was so the bullshit was so thick and at the very end of their segment they show an upside down ukrainian flag nation in distress I, I, it's just did did they even realize what they did or i mean what were they trying to do there well i missed that segment uh so yeah, uh, but that sounds interesting. And thank you, Marie, for the call. All right. Thank you. Okay. Sorry about that. Sally. Hi. How are you? I want you today to. Well, I wanted to see if I understood the speaker thing and you make me laugh. I don't know if I understand it, but it's much better. So thank you. Uh, I have a question, though. Uh, I don't know if you heard about there was an attempted coup yesterday in Brazil. And two of the main, like, um, well, Bolsonaro, right? And uh, the secretary of... Um, the Secretary of Security of Brasilia are both in the U.S. And there was talk that some government, some congressmen were 
wanting to be for Bolsonaro to be deported or did you hear anything? Yeah, uh Congressmember Castro said that Bolsonaro oh. should be extradited back to Brazil from Miami where he he flew immediately uh as his term ended and Lula took office. Bolsonaro flew to Miami to stay at the home of a MMA fighter. And so Castro is calling him for to be extradited back to Brazil. Okay. And yeah, and you know that there's also the that because it was the three it was it was clearly like the, everybody is the, the suspects are the police of the state of Brasilia, of the, the city actually of Brasilia, and the, um, the governor, the governor and the security of defense are previous. That he's very very Bolsonaro, uh, um, a follower. So he he's also in the U.S. So they're like the mo the, the two main. So well well we'll see. If something happens, thank you. Thanks, Ale. Any fun? Another question, or you're just commenting there? Hello. Ale. Hello, hello. Okay, she's, I guess she's gone. Um, Steve. Hi. Hi. It's a rainy Monday here in the East Bay. I feel like, you know those old war movies where the sergeant jumps on the hand grenades and saves his men? I feel like that's what you guys are doing watching those shows. I, I can't... Thank you. Thank you for I, recognizing I it for I, what it is. We I, are I, doing it, that. It, I, I, but I can't. And, and that's, that's what I'm calling about now. I usually call about big whatever political stuff but just psychologically um i like need some counseling um i i can't relate to 99 of the people around me anymore and i i imagine maybe a lot of people feel this way uh we, you know the people were talking about the propaganda just just the the way the new york times washington post all the whole litany of them the, the corporate media all propaganda none of it is real and there are places you can go like telegram channels there's there's a guy named brian belenic belenic you guys should have him on uh he's a former u.s marine he lives in singapore uh who's doing an excellent analysis of the war and the guys from the duran i know max blumenthal has, has talked with them um but i can't So it's like people are swallowing this poison. So, it, it, you know, help me, help me, Lord. I I can't relate to the people around me anymore. So just just throwing that out there. I don't know. I I'm, this is kind of like therapy for me a little bit because I know everyone in this conversation is kind of going through the same thing I'm going through. So, well, Steve, there you go. Oh, and on the, yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, uh, you know, there you go. You're helping yourself. You're you're helping yourself um, just by no, honestly, by sharing what you're going through and seeking out people who who are like minded. You're 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 already helping yourself. And, and I the just power of self help. There's a demo. Yes, that you guys are are uh, 
the guiding star. There's a demo on the 14th in New York City and San Francisco. So I wanted to make sure everybody near New York City or San Francisco, because I'm a big believer in you, you got to get out there. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to wear the Palestinian flag as a cape and uh, 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 a hat with a red star on it and just be out there because we got to let people know we're not buying it. Let Thanks. people know we out here. Yes. We be here. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Afini. Hey, Afini, what's going on? Hey, friends. How are you? Sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> hey, sorry. I don't know what's going okay. on in my throat just now. Um, but no, I literally just got done watching the episode because I was like a little bit behind on the live. Um, so just got done. But I just wanted to talk about some of the similar stuff, some of the similar things that I talked about on like Breeze to ask you guys a question. Um, you know, especially this boat stuff, like the conversations that's being had amongst the left. Like, I mean, there are some of us that are like um, Aaron said, like a, a victory lap of sorts showing that the strategy does work. Um, but a lot of us that are just, you know, dis disenchanted checked out of the entire thing, which I understand. Um, so I guess I'm just, how do you think this is going to affect whatever happens in 2024? Because, you know, Marianne is talking about throwing her hat in the ring. Bernie has not actually said that whether or not he'd run, he said if Joe runs, he's not running, but I just really don't believe that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, like, how do you think it's going to affect 2024? Um, and if we're actually going to be able to build any popular support for our, you know, ideas. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you mean how, when you say how it's going to affect it, you mean what just happened with the GOP? Yeah, so like, you know, like I said, because so many of us are so checked out of everything i i'm kind of afraid that because like not enough of us are organizing like let's just be clear like there are a lot of people talking about you know like fuck the system blah blah, blah but then people aren't outside organizing is a privilege like you have to have the privilege and the space right. and the time to do that like you not everybody can do that um right. like with their time and everything but i don't know especially as an organizer who is out in the streets and is still trying to push for these popular programs such as Medicare for all, affordable housing, um, and just an overall like restructuring of the cost of living in this country. I find it hard because ever since like the force the vote thing happened, I feel like more and more people just don't even want to talk about Medicare for all. They don't want to talk about these things. And so I guess the reason why I'm asking is because if so many people think that this shit is impossible, like, how do you think that's going to affect, like, whether or not we're going to be able to get a viable, like, even if it is, like, a spoiler candidate that's going to, they're going to be able to apply for my, our ideals, like, do, do you think we're actually even be successful in that, considering that the movement is just so fractured right now? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I guess I would, what do you think? Oh, she left. Okay, maybe that was to. Uh, well, I, I was I was curious about what you were gonna say, Afini, because I'm curious your thoughts. Oh, here, let me let you back in. Uh, 
I'll invite you to speak just because you're the or an organizer. Um, so I, I, pull, I pulled you back in case you want to comment. Um, wait, let me make. Okay. Uh, ah, sorry about that. Uh, I invite you to speak, Afini. Uh, I think that, can you hold on one second? No, no war. Just one second. I just want to hear what Afini has to say. Okay, there you so go. I'm sorry. Um, really, no, I'm calling. Okay. Clearly, I don't get on here that often. <laughs> I accidentally hit the uh, button oh, no. to be on mute. Um, I don't know. What I think is is that we have to make a decision and we have to make one quick because, I mean, I understand everybody's like, fuck the system, all that stuff. I don't think any change is going to come to the Democratic Party, but we have to be able to use the launch pads for what yeah. what they're here for. I'm like, we cannot, you know, dismantle the master's house with his tools, but we can extract some of his tools to start to dismantle his house. So I am, I don't know. I'm a little scared. I'm not going to lie because I feel like while yes, like the democratic and the Republican parties are definitely, you know, arbiters of fascism in this country. Um, we know that. Uh, but if we're going to start to build a third party platform, if we're going to start to build any movement at all, that's going to be sustainable and disconnected from, you know, some political leader, I feel like because so many people are, you know, absorbed into the media sphere, like, you know, regular constituents, not organizers and activists and leftists like us, but people that just watch CNN, like how you guys watch CNN, but like unironically, you know, people right. that watch right. MSNBC. Without a bar Exactly. Like, there, there are so many more of those people. And I feel like when I am out here, like talking to people, um, especially like in places like PG County, Maryland, um, which is a super like blue dog Democrat area where there are people that want to talk about like, you know, cost of living issues and stuff like that. But again, are disenfranchised by the possibility that it's even going to happen um, at all, whether that's through electorally or if we like if people push for it in like in a movement. Like, I don't know. Like, I just I'm just getting a little I'm getting a little uh, getting a little scared. That's all. So but I just want to know, saying, like, what your thoughts were. So are you saying that, like, let, let me know if this is right. It's like you're you don't have great hopes for the two party system, but you it seems like that the presidential election is an opportunity to platform certain ideas. And you're worried that people are going to give up on that. Absolutely. And I think Bernie yeah. kind of ruined that. I'm not going to lie because like you know, yeah. Bernie started this whole movement and then he abandoned it. So I, again, I completely understand why people feel the way they do, but I guess I'm just at the point where it's like, what, what pivots are we going to make so that way we can actually try to be successful here? Or at least, I don't know, like start to move in the right direction. Cause right. Fucking bulldozed. <laughs> like, it's just, right. That's just the, that's the max. Um, we're getting bulldozed and you know, Everything that's happening in this country is also being exported outside of the country, like in our military, um, like in the way that our military interacts with the world and stuff like that. So I don't know, like, I, I just I guess how are we going to actually reignite a left movement that is not simply dependent on one person that is running through like this system, but that is actually going to be sustainable after that? Um, that's okay. just something I've been thinking through, but I just want to know what your opinion was. I know you don't have all the answers, but you know. Well, no, I think it's hard. This is always the kind of like contradiction because it's hard to have movements without charismatic leaders 
or in the case of Bernie, like kind of an anti-charismatic, charismatic leader, because I think part of his appeal was how crotchety he was and how he wasn't the typical political personality. Um, so I'm never sure about that because you can't have one without the other, or you definitely can't have just a leader without a mass movement because if the leader, like you said, decides to step down or, you know, stand, stand back or step out of the way like Bernie did with Joe Biden so early on in his announcement, which by the way, I just don't, even if you thought that, even if one says that Bernie, okay, fine, he needs to stand down at some point, the point at which he did it was kind of unforgivable. I think he did it probably because of the pandemic and didn't want to keep people out in the streets voting. Um, but either way, uh, I don't know. It's a challenge. I don't know what the answer is. Somehow organizing has to be fun and cool, to be seen as cool and also be fun so that there's people have incentives to stay in and do it. That's my idea. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't expect to interact with the Feeney. Good morning, Miss Feeney. Good morning, Katie and Aaron. I think about this issue a lot. And, and the thing that I see, like, we saw images of, of massive protests in Paris yesterday, right? Over against Macron and against right. cost of living issues. I did see. And we I have those same really issues. High. We have the same leaders in, in this country that suck, that are neoliberal, you know, tools of the establishment that only cater to the wealthy. And we don't have that social, we don't have that same protestation here in this country that you see in in other places so i think part of the issue for for this country specifically is figuring out why there's so much complacency amongst the american population with what's going on when you go through major cities every major city in this country has has a a, a an extreme homelessness problem uh, and a, an extreme drug problem i mean there's syringes everywhere there there's a lot of suffering everywhere and and you can't live in an American city and not see that. And there's still just a complacency. So I think that's issue one issue. And then secondly, you know, I think for why the left movement's struggling uh, to my eyes is been exemplified in the last few days where we saw force the vote played out in real time by people that most of us who are here disagree with overall, though some of their asks for, for, you know, bills coming to the floor quickly or, and, and being voted on immediately needs to change and, and having single issue uh, bills and, and things like that and, and whatever are things that we could have allegiances with some of those 20 people or the six that ended up at the end. But we watched Sam Cedar and Jank Uger and Anna Kasparian and everybody go in as we're in real time watching the tactic work, politics work. Like, this is the game. Are we going to play the game of politics? Or are we going to sit there and, and bitch at each other and say, he, I don't like him. He hurt my feelings, specifically Jimmy Dore and Brianna Joy Gray, who both got bashed by by people that call themselves left in this country using essentially CIA ta uh, tactics as Nick and CJ uh, uh, discussed on their show, I think on Friday evening or Thursday evening last week. Um, I just, you know, we have a left that destroys itself because they won't see the tactics and they'd rather have the infighting. So those are the two things that I see there, limiters, is the complacency of the American people and the infighting amongst the pol politically active left that are limiting us from changing uh and, and and addressing and having real change in this country i'd be curious what you guys think about that 
Well, you know, I think one thing that's positive is that luckily, like, infighting between lefty media personalities, like on YouTube, it's not influencing the masses of population. So it's not the reason why the left is stagnant. There are much deeper issues, like the crushing of unions, um, the, you know, the just how bad the economy is and how people are denied the basics they need to live, uh, like healthcare, so that people don't have the time to, to organize. I mean, those to me are the real setbacks to to organizing, not like a factional dispute among like lefty YouTubers and, uh, and other media, uh, types. But, um, I, uh, just to, you know, and then there's, push on. could yeah, I push on ahead. that real, uh, just a little bit, Aaron, sure. you know, I, movements need leaders, right? And, and YouTube personalities have been leaders. I mean, uh, you know, some of these medical for all pushes have come from YouTube leaders. Some of these, uh, events have come from, from uh, Assange, things are pushed by, we need leaders, I guess. And some of these YouTube personalities have been leaders and have been good leaders on things. So I think that, that these media personalities do play a bigger role than what you just said in terms of the left. But I do agree with the healthcare issue because that absolutely keeps people in jobs that they don't want and, and limits what they, how much activism and time they have to do activism. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, let's say, for example, during Force the Vote, let's say, like, who, who, like, who was it who were most vocally against Force the Vote? It was uh, the middle-aged McCarthyites, a.k.a. the Young Turks, and um, I don't know, whoever else. Like, if they hadn't have been so vocally against Force the Vote, do you think things would have been different? Um, probably. Like, I'm sure, actually, having progressive media personalities defending the squad did protect the squad from having to do anything. So, yes, but it's not as if, like, had there been unity, there would have been, like, masses of people in the street saying, force the vote. I just don't think YouTube people are that influential. That's what I'm saying. Certainly, they, I mean, I think they, they, the behavior of the people who are anti-force the vote, I think, has been proven to be completely wrong. And it was a lost opportunity. I just don't want to give them also too much credit. Like, it's not where the masses are at anyway no but i think it that's a good way to put it a lost opportunity because who knows what power would come from would have come from a united voice around that yeah, yeah. i mean one i just don't think that many people I, I just don't think that many people take their cues from jank Uyghur, or you know sam cedar um i just don't think it works like that but you know i don't think most people, people take the their cues from jank Uyghur, but i do think that if that certain calls had not been made by some of these people. I think that could have been very helpful. And also if they did decide to go through with this strategy, something that's been repeated over and over again this past week is that then you would have Chris, Chris Cuomo and, you know, whoever the hell else is on uh, like CNN and all those other places talking about, oh, well, these crazy progressives want to give people health care or affordable housing or literally put any social issue. During a pandemic, when people are, when people are, like, isn't that just so wild? Like, why would they want to do that? And I, I think that as much time has been spent on, like, some of the procedural bullshit that these Republicans are asking for, that same amount of time probably would have been spent on whatever issue they wanted to try to, pla- that they wanted to try to platform from the left at that time. So, I mean, and not to say that it would have happened exactly like that. I mean, who knows? But I like I like very big opportunity missed. And I think the only thing that has come 
good out of what that they're going to open the capital back up and make these people accessible. You know, face to face confrontation. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, thank you. Uh, no more. Can I? I had another question. I just saw Afini up there and wanted to speak to that. Um, if you want to move on, there's a cue. I'll I'll catch you guys another time. Aaron, uh, I'll see you on Jimmy tonight. Thanks for showing us his studio. Curious, always curious to see the backgrounds. And I know you're. I presume you're sitting in his studio right now. So I'll see you on his show tonight. And thank you for the time today. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Okay, Anthony. Oh, hello. I that was a great episode. I had so many feelings about it. First off, I can't believe Marjorie denounced Q. That's like blasphemy. And she she just totally sold out during this ordeal. I can't believe her. Marjorie, man. She, I thought she had more um independence than that. But I knew, you know, uh, Crenshaw didn't. He's a world economic forum, young global leader. So Crenshaw's, he he can't expect, you know, anything. Marjorie, man, how could she sell out on Q and all of that? What what was that? So you're mad at her for renouncing QAnon? Yeah, and just going along with McCarthy and everything. Like, um, there, I, I, but I don't, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, Anthony, thanks for the call. Uh, and Thomas. Uh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Hi there. Yeah. Um, I had a question about what you make of, um, what I would say is maybe the left's changing stance on, uh, protest issues. So I think, um, for instance, with the uh, the protests yes, uh, yesterday in Brazil that are sort of being treated as like January 6th, the Brazilian version, you know, um, it seems like a lot of those people are going to be tried under these anti-terrorism laws in Brazil um, that were passed, I think, in like 2013, um, which the left opposed largely in Brazil because they said, oh, this is being used to criminalize protests. Um, but now much of the left in Brazil is sort of, uh, and, you know, in the U.S., is egging for these people to be charged uh, with crimes under these laws and calling them fascists, et cetera. And I, I think is there, is there something missing in that, you know, the old left would say, hey, even if we disagree with your politics, you have the right to protest and occupy federal buildings, and that's okay. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to imagine because I don't know how many right wingers were doing that because it was such a different culture then. Um, so I don't know how much that even came up. I mean, there were, uh, that's not true. There were people protesting about integration. There were segregationists, but I don't actually know the answer to that. I don't know how the left responded to that. 
I, I mean, I think it was sort of just the the sort of basic um, bourgeois democratic idea of like everyone has a right to protest and it shouldn't be criminalized. And right. you know, if if we make an exception for them, like you know, it's it's going to be used against us as well, right? So it has to be for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, Aaron, if you have any. I mean, I know you you've written a lot about foreign policy. Uh, I have so not. Kind of... I have not followed what's happened in uh, Brazil at all. Um, but uh, obviously, it looked. Hor- I mean, the footage I saw looked terrible, and um, it looks like you know it's been contained. And uh, of course, yeah, there are going to be forces who are very uh, opposed to Lula. Uh, the Bolsonaro supporters. And I wasn't surprised that this happened. And what's interesting to me about Brazil is I see a, like, it seemed pretty obvious to me that the U S elite did actually did not want Bolsonaro to win, that they actually wanted Lula. And that to me is not a reflection of who Lula is. I think that's a reflection of the fact that, you know, U S elites, like the U S government and the bipartisan blob, uh, saw Bolsonaro as too much of a wild card. And they're hoping that Lula is something that they can contain you know, um, and intimidate. Whereas Bolsonaro, maybe they felt they couldn't. He was just too, he was just too out there, kind of like Trump. Yeah, he's very so, Trump. So it's interesting to see them sort of try to like pretend that they like Lula and they support Lula. But really, they want to undermine Lula's agenda, which is to, for example, address poverty. <laughs> and Lula on the international stage has always been a uh, internationalist. He was opposed to the Iraq war. Uh, on the Ukraine war, he said that both sides are basically equally at fault. And so I think when I see the U.S. You know, try to claim that they're defending Lula, I see them actually trying to co-opt him. So it'll be very interesting to me how that plays out. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I think there's, um, there's, a, certain amount, there's a certain degree to which they think Lula is a sort of more, like, easier to work with in terms of, like, managing global capital than Bolsonaro is just because Bolsonaro is so erratic. Yeah. Um, whereas like Lula has been willing to make concessions. He's vice president as kind of like his former right wing opponent. He's put in, you know, uh, you know, former opponents in various cabinet positions and stuff like that. He's someone that they can work with even if they have some major disagreements. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, thank you for the call. Thank you. Okay, Tariff. How y'all doing? I missed last last week. Um, <clears throat> first, I'd like to say free Jewel and Sanj. I have several things, but I'm gonna be quick. Trust me, trust me. I'm gonna be quick. Um, the quick it is, my story get out there about Mikey debating uh, contaminated water because for the new listeners, listeners to this program right now, I am a whistleblower. I'm a Veterans Affairs whistleblower. And uh, hopefully the Congress can interview me. The quicker they can interview me about my case, the better it be for veterans and myself. I also have to throw this out there every once in a while. I am not suicidal or homicidal, and I have no heart problems, all right? Uh, I don't, uh, you know, every once in a while you hear cases like that. Um, the chief of the Capitol Police was supposed to testify a day before uh, he had a heart attack and, and died the day before he testified. 
because he had a different look on what was going to happen on that January 6th. So, you know, hopefully when I testify, I can shake up things and, and get some veterans, some most needed attention and also to my case. Um, I was thinking about something about Neuralink. I have another comment after that too, that once they develop a um, newer link where they can make it like three nanometers um, in diameter or make it as long as a, a hair follicle, right? As wide as a hair follicle, they can implant it in your head and it can send basically synthetic thoughts to you Well, they can change your mode of thinking throughout time. If they want to make you left, like a um, rope leftist, like a... Um, DNC type of leftist, not a true leftist, they can. If they will make you like a um, neocon, they can, you know, which is dangerous because you won't know that the chip okay. that's Tiff, implanted inside yeah, you yeah, is yeah. being Tiff, hacked. I'm going to cut in here because this is a bit over my head and um, we have a lot of callers. So, so thank you. Oh, for I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Thanks for sharing this. Um, right. We're going to move on, though, because we're gonna right. actually going to go to our speed round now because we have a lot of people in the queue. So thank you for calling in and sharing that. Okay, Daniel, right. go ahead. Thank you. And then we're going to try to keep things as brief as possible to everyone. So keep that in mind because there's a lot of people who are right. Okay. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. Um, if you guys are ever wondering why we're – Throwing everything at Russia, including the kitchen sink. Um, just go listen to Peter Zihan. I am convinced now that's what the uh, deep state actually believes is at their backs. That this war is going to be over in no time. Russia's going to die. Just go listen to him. But at the who same the, time... Who is Peter Zihan? Peter Zion is... Um, uh, he was on Joe Rogan recently on Saturday. He, he's basically um, a guy who does demographics and stuff and statistics. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to him, you'll point out how everything's great for the United States, but we'll leave out, okay, we don't have universal health care. It's harder and harder to have children, stuff like that. And just go listen to him. And then keep in the mind what he's not talking about, the lack of health care, the, the cost of living, so on and so forth. And just keep that in mind. It's um, – I just – I was always – if you're ever wondering why we're throwing everything at Russia, including the kitchen sink, well, there's your reason. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Hey, you have a good day. Bye-bye. Uh, Dylan, go ahead. Hey, hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Right, cool, cool. Yeah, I didn't watch the um, episode yet today. Um, it's kind of hard to get to 10 a.m. Um, usually on a Monday for me, but uh, it was. I guess it was all about the um, the GOP vote, right, with the speaker. Yes. Yeah, I figured that's why. That's why you'll have with one the GOP clip on vote. immigration. Oh wow! Wow, they were they got it mixed it up a little bit. I, I thought today's Fair show on. was was great. I I I had a lot of fun doing today's Monday morning, um, especially oh, with that clip Kate, that Katie you you picked of Hakeem Jeffries, which I hadn't seen. Going from A to C was so hilarious. That was that was one of the best <laughs> books we've ever done. So I I recommend today's show. 
Yeah. Of course, of course, I'll definitely watch it right after. But um, nothing, nothing really to say. I just, I just wanted to call in and say hey. But um, um, one guest recommendation, I think y'all should have some time. Um, there's this really great guy that works with the deep state um, called Aaron Good. He, he's oh yeah, he would be a ter- yeah. Have you heard of him? He does stuff with like Ben Norton. Yeah, and stuff. he's coming on if- um, the Katie Helper show soon. Oh wait, no. Yes, he did. Tell, he did say before that he was going to come on Katie. All right, that'll be great. When, when is he coming on? Prop sometime in uh, early February, late January, right. early February. All right, great. Yeah, I was. I was just thinking. Um, wanted to recommend him because he's great. Um, but yeah, keep keep up the good work. Y'all are great. Thanks. But we can also have him on useful idiots. Yes, of course. All right, bye. Thank you. Amanda. Good morning. Morning. Um, I one thing that I just jotted down when Afini was talking is is you know you can't really judge where you are when you're right in the middle of a storm. Mm. So trying to figure out where we are and where we're headed, it's really hard right now. Until we maybe get into an eye. It's just going to be disorienting, I think, no matter what we do. And I think the sooner people acknowledge that, the easier it'll be to catch our balance, I think. Maybe. And then I just wanted to say to Aaron, you're a great writer and communicator. 28 letters in the alphabet? (laughs) It's early. It must be early. But I did want to give you full credit. Action over alliteration is the response to that speech. Action over alliteration. Yeah, that was a good one, Aaron. Good job. And and then the, you, it was kind of a throwaway in the middle of another point you were making, but I just wanted to highlight something else you said about the Constitution was about divvying up the riches and keeping their slaves. And I, and I really appreciate that specific jarring framing because it it shoved me out of a a paradigm that I didn't really think what I was in but but so thank you for that I appreciate you oh thanks thank you Amanda appreciate that all righty Cade Cade are you there I just had to accept my microphone being used. Um, A great metaphor for life, everybody. Accept your microphone. Wherever you are, you got to accept your own microphone. Yeah, embrace the microphone. Yeah. I mean, really, honestly, this really is a self-help podcast. If if I really, if I'm being honest, that's just what I want. I want to be be a self-help guy. So everybody, take it from Cade, accept your microphone. In fact, that's the name of of, of my next book, Accept Your Microphone. Okay, I like so it. I'll stop now. Okay, go go ahead, kid. Yeah, I'll I'll take that to heart. Um, I I guess I've just been thinking about the one thing about sort of the comparison between the force of the vote moment two years ago and the speakership vote where they didn't use their leverage, um, and this time um, is is just that like it wasn't even like there was some far right like movement on the ground trying to urge these legislatures legislators to to do this they just saw the opportunity 
and pounced and 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 I don't I really don't understand why the squad is the way they are. Um like it seems like just some sort of like terminal lack of lack of imagination, lack of ambition. I don't know what it is cuz even if they were like being greedy, you would think they would see like the huge fundraising potential of of doing something like that around an issue that everyone cares about. Like I I just I'll never understand it. Um but I'm I'm grateful for both of your work. Um Aaron did some did a great interview of Brian Joy Gray um on the Jimmy Dore show the other day. Um and obviously Katie was sort of the um host of several of those forced to vote conversations um from two years ago and both of you have been great on this. Um but I, I guess uh, I'm just still puzzled that they didn't do what we what we sent them there to do. One thing is though that I, I guess they would have gotten you could get grassroots like small donation fundraising, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Matt Gates is gonna rake in you know quite a few donors that he wouldn't otherwise get. Like, but the difference um, is that they have m- probably more moneyed people on their side backing their. In other words, they're moneyed people who are like deficit hawks. We don't really have that equivalent. Like we have some, maybe. But yeah, but I'm not sure if the deficit hawks are going to be donating to like Matt Gates. I think they're probably more like just donating to McCarthy. Um, yeah, but they might either. be donating. But I, I'm just saying, like you look at like the the base of small donors that Trump build up. Right. Yeah. Small um, donors. Yeah. I mean, like obviously as big donors too. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> they have they have all sorts of problems. Um, but I. I think if you look at like AOC's calculation, she's never actually going to get like corporate money. I I don't think she's not trying to, I don't think she knows she can't get it. So what, what's the, the logic behind like gutting your entire support base? I mean, she was poised to be the next Bernie Sanders in our movement and, you know, the replacement for him back when we thought better of him. Um, And, and they've just kind of thrown it all away to, play nice with their colleagues um but yeah i don't i don't get it um and i guess i just think we've missed such big opportunities there's this lenin quote that i like i'm not necessarily embracing everything about him but he said there are decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks where decades happen Mm. we've had a couple of those those weeks where decades could have happened with you know the the first bernie campaign and the second campaign him dropping out without demanding any concessions for his vote and then black lives matter sort of just disappearing without um you know demanding any concessions of the public in order to vote for biden just kind of you know it's like black lives matter was allowed to have big protests all summer but as it got close to the election just had to disappear and then you know we have covid and all the legislation around that and people refusing to um you know the squad refusing to you know withhold their votes on that um and now now we're at the end of that two year period where the squad had all this leverage and controlled the balance of Congress. And, and so now, um, now it's the Republicans who control the balance of Congress. You know, it's the far right radicals who control the balance of the house. And so, you know, they're not going to want to do anything. And, you know, Biden and the Senate aren't going to want to do anything. And they're going to be like negotiating and Biden's, you know, the Republicans are going to be asking Biden to cut social security and he'll probably half want to go along and and so that's that's the world we're going to live in for the next two years, and it's not like we can expect much of the squad. So I I don't I don't have a lot of hope, um, but uh, yeah, well, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you for the call.
Yeah, thanks for your coverage. And by the way, you know, someone mentioned this in the chat. And uh, if anyone wants to talk about how great our interview was with Ivan Kachanovsky, the, the professor at the University of Ottawa, we did an interview about Ukraine. And he's, he's a Ukrainian scholar who has a very um, heterodox view, at least when, when you look at what we're allowed to he- talk about on Ukraine in the U.S. media. And he explodes a lot of myths about Ukraine. And I thought that was a great interview. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe there's nothing more to say about it, but I just want to acknowledge how great I thought that interview was. Yeah. I'm very glad we did it. Um, Make sure you think, check it out. And it's just, it's those kind of voices we just don't, we're not allowed to get in the U.S. I mean, you also won't see vo- Ukrainian voices like his even in some lefty media spaces. So right. anyway, I'm just giving props to ourselves. All right. Uh, Nazar, go ahead. Hey, uh, good Monday morning, everyone. Happy New Year's. Uh, I'll make it quick. Um, Aaron Mate over Anna Kasparian, Katie Halper over Kyle Kulinski, Matt Taibbi over Matt Stoller, Steph Zamorano over Sam Cedar, Jimmy Dore over Jeffries, and Useful Idiots over Uger. That's all I could come up with in the I past like, like 30 minutes. I like it. Like I've, been, I've been scratching my head for like 30 minutes for Brianna Joy Gray, but I can't think of something to go there. Bougie. Or, any, Over Bougie. or anyone to... Who? Over Bougie Dems. Over Bougie Dems? Okay, yeah. that's fair. Bougie Dems. Brianna Over Bougie Dems. And I needed three more people to go over David Sirota, Ryan Grimm, and... Oh, no, wait. I got Sam Cedar. Anyways, great show well, today, thank guys. You. It was fantastic. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And thanks to Hakeem Jeffries for being such a poetic inspiration to yeah, seriously. people around yes. the world. Thank you. Yes. And thanks for putting in the effort. That's, that's awesome. Thank you guys. Happy okay. New you too. Happy New Year. All right, Eric. And as I said earlier, we have a lot of callers in the queue. I don't know if we'll get time to get to everybody, but we'll do our but best. But you can come back next week. Yes. Same time, same channel. Okay, All Eric, right. go ahead. Fantastic. Uh, real quick then, I was wondering if during this particular force the mo- moment, there was a moment where we could have forced the vote again. Um, I was just curious if there's a strategy where maybe they, if the Republicans were pushing further right, you could offer the a present vote for uh, something to the left to, 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 to really just throw the vote uh, to McCarthy or to whomever you are trying to get concessions from. Yeah, I heard someone raise that proposal. Um, so who would have, but who would have accepted the offer? Like McCarthy would have given the left something, you think? Yeah, that would be the idea, is if if instead of the, uh, if they weren't asking for a lower military budget, they were asking for a higher military budget as a concession, you'd counteroffer McCarthy with something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, look, maybe if the Republicans had held out, it would have gone to something like that. Who knows? Who knows? Fair enough. But, but I, I think, obviously, from everyone's point of view, from McCarthy's point of view, he probably wanted to make a deal with Republicans over Democrats. Fair. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Okay. Matt. We cannot hear you. Okay, well, that was really entertaining, but we're going to have to move on because we don't do uh, voice modulation here. Um, also, we just couldn't hear it, even if we didn't have that policy. Yeah, but yeah, sure. it's a yeah. safe, good policy. Yeah. Ian, go Unless ahead. Unless you're a whistleblower. 
Oh, if yeah, if you're whistleblower and we just we just skip over. But you need over a better quality voice modulator, yeah, not exactly. one that like yeah. blares yeah. out the speakers. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Um. Ian, go ahead. Ian, are you there? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. you can. So. Can you? Yeah, we yes, can hear you. Can. you. Oh, no, sorry. Okay. Oh, so um, the caller from Brazil, but I actually would like to ask about healthcare, because you know, Medicare for all is just a first step. Here in Brazil, we have universal healthcare, but most of us middle class people still have to pay for private insurance, because our public health care system is still underfunded. So the big question is how the government is going to invest the money of healthcare because if they're going to use private contractors then money public money is just being used to subsidize profits you know so maybe you can interview some some scholars on that you know Absolutely uh absolutely I uh I'm guest hosting the Jimmy Dore show this week, and so I will try to cover this. Uh, uh, who do you recommend on, on this issue? So I don't know any English-speaking sources right. on that. You know, here in Brazil, that's a kind of a big debate because most of our funding go to, to private contractors. You know, there's right. a lot right. of... Like, you know, there's these ways to make... to taxpayers' money to go to private contractors, you know, and you're not using your money smartly to fund cost-efficiency healthcare for people, you know? Yeah. Not to mention the fact that we have to buy some, like, MRI machines or other stuff from other countries, you know? So that definitely is not smart. No. So, you know, there are other challenges beyond Medicare for All. That was... Kind of my point. Thank you. Got it. Thank you for the call. Okay. VV. Hi, good morning. Good morning from Texas. Morning. Um, I wanted to touch upon um, Julian Assange. Uh, I saw some rumblings, at least on Twitter, and I don't know if you've covered it yet, but um, I'm looking at this um, this clip uh, from John Lyons. ABC Global Affairs editor, and he recently said within, you know, December or, you know, the last few days that uh, he's expecting Julian Assange to be released in the next couple of months. Have you seen anything like that? And yeah, also- I saw that. He said it, but, uh, like, tell us, tell us why. Like, what is his source? I mean, I hope it's true, but, like, what is he basing that on? And I didn't see him explain his sourcing well, on that. So yeah, I saw the same thing as you probably, or I'm seeing the same thing as you. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know anything more, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I was wondering, you know, do you know more? I do not know more. I, of course, you know, that'd be the most wonderful news, but I just, I didn't see anything more to go on, but uh, I hope he's right. You know, I hope he's right. Um, that's, that's about it. You know, uh, it's all speculation at this point, but I hope he's right. Um, thank you for the call. Uh, Brady, you're up. 
Trady, you're forced to pay out, same. Yes, I've got more uh, uncomfortable ideas for the uh, synthetic left. And uh, congratulations on the vindication of the legitimate left this week. I mean, this has been absolutely uh, an idea that I had was like, can we hold our politicians accountable when we elect them? Is there something we can get on paper that says they're going to behave this way or we're going to kick them out? or sue them or whatever, you know, um, the Republicans did exactly that this week. So they answered my question in action. And this is the perfect, it, it just it, it illustrates my point perfectly that the left has fantastic ideas and the right are really good at executing them. So we should really be working together, you know, to be like getting things done. Um, and you know what, this isn't a total loss for the left either, because if you'll notice, um, Throughout this whole fight, it seems like that one guy from the military industrial complex got pretty pissed off, right? Like fighting mad. And Dan Crenshaw was punching drywall. So you know what? That's a win. You know what? For the left right there. And so just a couple other ideas that are really going to piss off all the right people would be the political barbecue and the idea of democratic debate where we get to elect who the moderators are and what the debate is and who's debating and maybe even some of the questions like Katie, Aaron, you guys, if y'all could do that in a proxy debate for when you guys don't have someone to debate, we do the proxy debate. I wanted to say that Ralph Nader is the real Bernie Sanders and conspiracy theorists are the legitimate left. And we were right about JFK and everything else, not everything else, but you know, <laughs> politically speaking, we've been killing it. <laughs> And uh, so I'm wondering, All right. um, All right. uh, I have an idea for the People Party, which is a legitimate third party. I think they would also really hate that idea. I could totally use all kinds of help. Amanda has some kind of project going on she needs help with. Um, but if anyone wants to organize, let's do it. And the candidates for this year are terrible. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the candidate field, the potential presidential candidates this year. It's maybe worse than last time. Um, and I've always felt like right after the last election, we should have started working on a third party then. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I mean, we have Nick Brana's People's Party thing, but that's, you know, I'm not even going to comment on that. And I feel like we should really make a legitimate third party. Just, I mean, I know voting doesn't really matter, but it takes like 10 minutes and it can like really help people who really need help. So that's my thing. You know, that's just one thing we could be doing on top of everything. And it would be so easy to blow these guys out of the water using the strategy of proxy debate and um, encouraging government to hold public debates, public democratic debate before we ever spend a dollar on war and uh, hold them accountable. That's a great idea. Some way to hold politicians I, accountable. That's a great idea, but I, yeah. I, I, Pu public debate sounds fantastic. So thank you. Uh, and we'll move on to Sterling. Thanks for the call, Brady. Enforce the payout. Hi, guys. Uh, Sterling, go ahead. Hi there. Rebel terrorist here. I just can't believe it seems like every time somebody speaks out for the people, they're considered a either this horribly insane socialist, um, Marxist rebel. Um, I'm just so sick of it because even if it is whatever they call him, what is it? Rapey McForehead. I don't care if you are fighting for the people. Um, it really means a lot. It seems so, it's so ridiculous when everybody seems to capitulate so easily to corporate donors. I thought Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries was so depressing, typical Democratic theater, when nothing, anything really gets done, just watching that. So it was a great show, and I'm just, ugh. But yes, I'm totally with the previous caller. I think it's been a really 
great thing this week for leftist. Um, Jimmy Dore, I can't say enough about because I really remember being like this starving artist, how incredibly cool he was during the pandemic. Um, and I think there's a real sensitive soul there. I had tweeted this yesterday or I messaged it to your show yesterday, Aaron. Um, I think Jimmy's actually a really, really nice guy. And I think they give him a really, really hard time that he doesn't actually deserve. So obviously I don't have much time for the bougie left. Um, But also what was really, really quickly, because I know you've got a ton of people. um, Paul Sperry, I think, would be a fantastic and essential interview because he's an independent media person. And the Twitter files and Adam Schiff completely silenced this guy. Um, Yeah. I would love to see everybody on the real left really reach out to this guy because I'm so curious as to because we we were so silenced after Bernie and a lot of us were on the far left. I definitely was. Aaron, I know they tried to do this to you. So that's just my hope for the future is that some left people will really reach out to this guy. So anyway, thanks. Great show, guys. Thanks. You know, and, and I know Paul Sperry because we write for the same outlet. Oh, right. Square investigations. And uh, yeah. Um, and, and so for people to know in the Twitter files, one of the things it reveals is that Adam Schiff wanted Paul Sperry banned from Twitter uh, after Paul Sperry revealed who this uh, CIA staffer was, who was basically the person who made the complaint about Trump speaking to Zelensky and allegedly pressuring him to investigate Joe Biden, and that which led to Trump's first impeachment. So that's that's the deal with Paul Sperry. And yeah, listen, uh, on the subject of Jimmy, I, I know him very well. I mean, spent the last time I'm hosting a guest hosting a show, and I can. Definitely back for him being a very sensitive soul. And very, exactly. It's very Jimmy nice over guy. Adam Schiff. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, no so, problem. All right, we're going to go to case study QB because, Sally, you've already spoken today, I believe, unless I'm wrong. Um, and we're going to start to wrap it up because we have to go soon. So case study QB. Hey, good morning, everybody. Much love to you. I'm going to try to go as quickly as possible. Um, but I, j- I just want to talk about a quick uh, clip dump that I did this morning. You guys know what I do. Um, it was very ironic that Joe Scarborough from Morning Joe, he said this quote, if fascism is not the use of violence to overthrow democratic institutions, I just don't know what is. So that's a clip I just posted two hours ago. And it's ironic because he's referring to the you know Brazilian version of January 6th. But then I posted another clip where he's just defending, um, he's going against or uh, going at after the GOP who are defund the FBI. And then he's also um, going against them because they want to hold the intel- intelligent agencies accountable by, you know, they want to have like a, a, almost like a Churchill committee updated version of that. That's, that's one of the demands. And he was just going defending the intelligent agency. Some, I, I, I kind of snarkily, I put, should we tell him about the history of the CIA overthrowing democratically elected leaders throughout history. <laughs> you know, so I just yeah. wanted to um, point yeah. everyone to those two clips and much love to you, Aaron and Katie. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Back at you. All right. EK. EK, you are up. Sorry, here I am. Here I am. Hello? Uh, for some reason... Oh, there we go. E. E.K., you're up. Go ahead. And unmute yourself if you're there. And if not, we'll go on to Jonathan. Jonathan, you're up. Hello. Can we hear me? Hi there. Yes. 
yeah, that, uh, like, the dude you interviewed may have had, like, a really, really thick accent. Did you even know that that Jonathan, sorry, you were breaking up too much, so come back in the queue. I'll let you back in uh, because we couldn't understand what you're saying. Um, I'll give you a second to come back. All right, while we're waiting for you to come back, we'll go to the next caller. and then. But come back in the queue, Jonathan, because we want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead, Reverend. Hey, uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, I got to tell you a quick funny story because it involves you and it's guys and it's kind of romantic. So I'm on this date at Nice Mateen restaurant. So we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. Finally get to politics. Can always tell a lot about a person. We're having a good time. I said, do you like any podcasts or commentators? I like Matt Taibbi and I love like Katie Halbert and like Aaron Monte. I'm like, oh my God, so do I. Really hit it off. So anyhow, I want to thank you guys <laughs> for sharing a common value. If we get married, we'll send you a wedding invite. <laughs> oh, it's a plan. That's so cool. I'd love to it. It was so that. cool. That's it was. Great. It was great. Wow, that is like, cool. So I love it was very cool. So anyhow, I won't hold you anymore, guys. Love your show. Yeah. Of course I do. All right. Well, thank you. Life. Thank you. And you know, you know, love it's amazing. In this era, there's so much content. Like there's TV, there's everything, right? You can everything ever recorded is available to everybody. So yes. the odds of meeting someone who's even watched the same thing as you is uh, is is all the more difficult. And so when you find someone who's not only watched the same thing as you, but you share the interest, that's that's yeah. Better. That's yeah. a real sport. It really was where did you guys meet? It was I, sort of left wing. I think I'm. <laughs> where did we you met guys meet? A friend at the, we met through a mutual friend at the Yale Club. So I went there for dinner. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it was very cool. <laughs> wow. That is really cool. Nice Matin's a good restaurant, too, on the Upper West Side. Oh, yeah. Nice Matin. I know that place. Yeah. Nice Matin. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know you guys are a lot of people. I don't want to hold you up. So, anyhow, Thank you. I'll talk to you. Okay, bye Thank bye. you. And good luck. Uh, let us know how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, and jo- and cool. Jonathan, the previous caller who was cut off, I saw you come back, but then I, then you disappeared. So we'll give you another few seconds. Uh, quit, quit, so- quit playing games with our heart. There we go. Back, quit playing games with our heart. That's a great one of the best Backstreet Boys songs, really. Um, in their in their impressive canon, really, that's a great right. song. Okay, uh, Jonathan, go ahead. And am I right that Sally's already gone? Because I, I don't want to deny someone yes. a spot, but also... Yes, yes. Okay, so, yeah. So then, Jonathan, you will be our... So I apologize, Sally. You'll have to uh, come back to us next week. Jonathan will be our last caller if he can manage to unmute himself. Go ahead, Jonathan. Unmute yourself. The left needs to learn this. Unmute yourself. What was my self-help mantra? Like... Except the mic. Except the mic. Except your microphone, Jonathan. Don't deny the mic. I think the app is maybe being glitchy and and denying Jonathan the mic. So we'll have to wait till next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it. You can always go to usefulidiots.substack.com to support us and get bonus content. And we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Subscribe to YouTube, youtube.com slash useful idiots, and also rate and review us on podcasts. Bye.